Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Good morrow, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm superstar Frank Morano. Can you believe it is Friday already? Can you believe even more it's September already? Where did the summer go? I am clinging to the last couple of days of summer. They say Monday marks the official or unofficial end of summer, and I am sorry to see it go. I love summer, but I'm glad that we're going to have some nice weather this weekend. All right, this hour, we have Ask Frank Anything, where I will be tackling your questions on any subject. 800-848-WABC. That's 800-848-WABC. Anything you're genuinely curious about with a prize for the most creative question. I do have to tell you, though, I think that maybe the questions have been getting a little stale. Maybe everything interesting that could be asked has already been asked. So I think if we don't get some really interesting questions this hour, we may have to look at retiring this segment. This was always a segment that produced the most imaginative, interesting, creative questions of the week. And lately, I don't know. I feel like maybe we've uh, jumped the shark. So it's up to you. If you come up with interesting questions this hour, then it stays. If not, then it doesn't. 800-848-WABC. Hey, speaking of things on WABC, today in the 8 o'clock hour, former President Donald Trump is going to be on with my friend Sid Rosenberg. That should be quite an interesting interview. I know Sid has been preparing for this interview for over a week. So uh, Sid has a way of, when he's speaking to guests, getting them to share things that they wouldn't typically share with an average, ordinary interview. So I think that's going to be a great interview. That's at, I believe, 840 this morning on Sid and Friends. All right. Ask Frank anything. Bring me your questions. 800-848-9222. Beam me up. To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Good. Tomorrow, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm Frank Morano. I take no pleasure in sharing this information with you. Yesterday was International Overdose Awareness Day, and this has spurred conversation about how New York state officials can combat New York overdose deaths, which have reached an all-time high in correlation with elevated substance abuse and mental health disorders since the pandemic. More than 6,300 New Yorkers died by overdose in 2022. That's up from more than 5,800 people in 2021. That's according to the State Office of Addiction Services and Support and the State Controller's Office. The spike is significantly tied to the rise in the prevalence of fentanyl, which, as you probably know, is an opioid or the medication xylazine, which is added to drugs that increase the chance of an overdose. This is really disturbing, and this 
is something that every New Yorker needs to make a priority because these are our friends, our neighbors, our family members dying of drug overdoses. And I was very proud of my district attorney, Mike McMahon, who issued a scathing statement on Wednesday criticizing Governor Kathy Hochul's interagency task force on overdose preventions for its lack of community members, lack of elected officials, lack of family members affected by drug abuse and overdose. Now, if that was the case and this task force was doing some great things and actually bringing down the number of New Yorkers dying of overdoses, I'd say that's great. Doesn't matter if there are elected officials or members of the community or family members on it. But this task force is a total joke. It is doing absolutely nothing to bring down the number of New Yorkers dying of drug overdose deaths. This really should be a priority for not only every elected official, but every New Yorker. And we should all look to do our part to see what we can do to bring this number down. Kudos to Mike McMahon for uh, calling out a governor of his own party for not doing anything on this. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Earlier, someone had asked me about Vivek Ramaswamy, and one of the things that I said is I thought it was a positive that we had more young people involved in the political process. Now, I am not one of these guys that's lamenting the gerontocracy that we're living in, that there's older people that dominate Congress and the U.S. Senate and all the major presidential candidates tend to be older. I don't think we should disqualify candidates just because they're old, but I also don't think we should disqualify candidates just because we're young. Interestingly enough, while everyone's complaining about all the old people running for president, there are also some complaints about all the young people that are running things here in New York City. In the newspaper City and State, they have an article about how much younger the city council has gotten over the years. Since 2010, the New York City Council has been getting younger. With each new council, the number of members ages 30 through 44 has stayed the same or increased, while the number of members ages 45 through 69 has stayed the same or decreased. The current council also has the body's youngest elected member, who was elected when he was 23, and I think this is just fine. I think it's great to have people of all ages involved in the political process, and I don't think people, it's one of the reasons I don't tell anyone my age, I don't think people should be making judgments about others simply because of their ages. You want to vote for someone because of their beliefs, because of their life story, because of their principles, because of their character, not because they're too old or too young. And uh, I think this is a very healthy thing, but it is interesting that New York is going younger while the rest of the country is seeing political figures go the opposite direction. I don't know what it means, but but uh, I do think it's interesting, and I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Now, City Council member Robert Holden, who's 71 years old and one of the oldest members of the City Council, he has a different take on why young people are getting elected. He says elected officials often hire young people to staff their offices and campaigns, and once those officials move on from their roles, some of those staffers try their hand at running. Maybe that's the case. Gail Brewer mentioned that maybe the campaign finance matching funds program has something to do with it. Maybe that's the case. I don't know, but... I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight.
I tell you, I can't get away from these migrants. Not only are there 100,000 of them in the city that I call home, but tens of thousands of them may soon be in my favorite city away from home, Atlantic City, New Jersey. The Biden administration, as you may have heard, has added Atlantic County, New Jersey, to the short list of sites where some of the 60,000 asylum seekers who recently arrived in New York could be housed. A decision that could damper the hopes of South Jersey Democrats who are hoping to win some actual elections this year. Remember, this is one of those weird years because of redistricting where every member of the state Senate and every member of the state assembly is up. And the races in Atlantic County are a couple of the very few competitive seats in the entire state of New Jersey. So Atlantic City International Airport in Egg Harbor Township was one of 11 locations the Department of Homeland Security identified as possible locations to house the migrants after New York officials criticized President Biden for not solving an overcrowding issue. This is going over like a lead balloon. State Senator Vincent Palestina, who's a Republican, has sharply criticized the idea. He put out a statement, which I received, saying, my message to President Biden and New York City Mayor Adams is hell no. Atlantic County residents shouldn't be forced to pay the price for the Biden administration's disastrous handling of our border and the outrageous sanctuary state and city policies of Democrats in Washington, New York, Trenton, and across the country. So Senator Palestina is asking Governor Phil Murphy and Senators Bob Menendez and Cory Booker to oppose the Biden administration's attempt to dump these unvetted migrants at Atlantic City Airport and spread a humanitarian crisis that they helped create into New Jersey's backyard. For what it's worth, the Democrats that are running against Palestina and his slate of running mates, which includes my friend, the former mayor of Atlantic City, Don Guardian, they have also criticized the plan. They said they're absolutely opposed to the Biden administration considering Atlantic City International Airport as a possible location. We will see where this goes, but this would be a disaster. If you look at the situation in Atlantic City now, services are already stretched very thin, and a lot of people are are saying that there's already a rising problem with crime. Social services have barely held together. And to add tens of thousands of migrants that have not been vetted into that community, it strikes me as a terrible idea. We'll see what happens. Beam me up! To be continued.